in this week's Complaint Corner, Star Wars Visions, Alien, and some other shit. This is Critically Complained. Hi, I'm Adam, and this is Steve, and of course the first thing we're going to talk about is Star Wars Visions, which we finally got a look at. Um, I gotta be honest here, uh, I'm not an anime expert at all. So, so Steve, what do you know about these companies that are making all of these uh, shorts? Because mm. I don't know well, anything Well, did you maybe want to tell people what them. it is before you dive into the explanation about it? Like, maybe a single okay, thing yeah. about it? Fine. So, we've talked about it before, just to be, to Wait, be fair. Have? But, uh, we have. Yes, oh. we have talked about Star Wars Visions, but they announced it back in, uh, at that big Investor Day thing. You probably just forgot because they announced, like, a thousand other things at the same time. Oh, I think I um, forgot because it wasn't today, but, yeah. Okay. Well, fine. Uh, so Star Wars Visions is going to be a new Star Wars uh, anime series, and it's going to be an, an anthology, so, you know, each episode is going to be completely disconnected from the rest of the episodes, and almost each episode is going to be made by a different anime studio. I think that there's, like, a couple of anime studios that are actually making, like, two episodes, uh, but I don't know their names, because I'm not an anime person, and all the names just just immediately disintegrated in my mind as soon as I heard them, so. That's sorry. Fair. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but the apparently Lucasfilm's approach with this was to just kind of let these anime creators do their own vision of Star Wars, hence the name. Uh, it's not tied down to any kind of storytelling or canon. Like it, it just whatever whatever the hell they wanted to do, they just got to do. And uh, they did announce already that there's going to be a book that's going to spin off of one of the episodes. So I have a feeling that it's going to be sort of like a kind of a quasi-canon, like, you know, canon if you squint type of deal. Like, don't worry too much about timelines and shit or whatever. Uh, and I also think that many, of, it sounds like many of the episodes are going to be so far removed from, like, the Skywalker saga that I don't think it's going to be that hard for it to just kind of, just, just to pretend that it's canon. But don't, we shouldn't worry too much about that. But uh, I'm very interested in this show. So now, Steve, what do you know about these animation, all these different anime companies mm, that are Well, I'm so this? glad you asked I don't that. know shit. Uh, well, I actually did no, recognize no. a couple of them. Uh, while the, the logos were quickly flashing by in the, in the trailer there, I did recognize a couple of those studios. And I do recognize some of the shows that they've made. Um, so I'm, I'm actually pretty jazzed about this. Um, because yeah? it's no small secret that I enjoy the anime, and I would, you do. I would, you do. I would yeah. be down for a Japan emanation of Star Wars because Star Wars is already about space wizards and with laser swords, mm -hmm. and that's basically just one step above like Final Fantasy. So I think that would make a, a perfectly good anime adaptation. Also, there's a show called um, it's like uh, what's the fuck's it called? Like uh, Life, Death, and Robots or something, and it's basically the same oh, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I've seen it, that. Yeah, it's the yeah. The little anthology clip show thing with varying art styles telling totally unrelated stories. Basically, it's just going to be that again, except great. it's going to be Star Wars themed, and it's going to have some studios that I recognize, which is pretty cool. I mean, I don't know all of them or anything, but I recognize this art okay. style from some. It's like, ah, a thing I'm familiar the, with. I don't I don't know what the animation studio is, but I did recognize the art style of Kill a Kill, mm -hmm. which I have seen a portion mm -hmm. of. So, But that's like the only thing that I could attach to, personally. 
I, uh, I think the I only one I'm not excited about from the trailer that I saw is the Robot Boy one. Or, the, sorry, Astro yeah. Boy. I don't care about the Astro Boy one, but we'll I, see, I, I guess. I read a little bit. I read a little bit about that one. Apparently, that's about a droid that wants to be a Jedi, uh, and that's, like, the whole point of the short or whatever, which sounds like... I mean, okay, my inner Star Wars nerd is like, okay, well, you see, droids can't be Jedi because they're not living beings, and so they cannot connect to the Force. Like, you know, I, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's obviously, again, this isn't canon, and that's fine. I'm fine with, like, some weird... Well, what if he thing. became so look... self-aware that he became alive? What if he achieved spiritual awakenedness through en- enlightenment? I mean, uh, maybe. Uh, sure. Why the fuck not? Cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. that's probably the one that I'm least interested in. I think the one that I'm most interested in is, like, the Master and Apprentice one, where they, like, that's the one where they, it's, like, the two Jedi, and then they go Oh, you and mean, like, fucking Samurai Champloo, except with, the... with, yeah. with, with lightsabers? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like that sounds fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I like that's it looks so cool. I mean, like I every got hard. single one of these I think every single one of these I think is going to be at the very least interesting. Like I I probably won't love all of them, but I have a feeling I'm going to love most of them. Man, I uh, I cannot so, wait yeah. for the Star Wars Beach episode followed by <laughs> the Star Wars Hot Springs episode, followed by the Hot Springs base or uh, anime baseball episode. Very excited for all three of those oh, episodes. God. Yeah, that sounds... I, I would actually... It would be so funny if they did a beach episode. I don't think that they will, but... Uh, I think they're so aware enough hilarious. to probably not do that, but I'm sure it crossed somebody's mind. Even momentarily, they're like, man, I mean, we could get so many have, Twi'leks. You could do Slave Leia. They, they you could, could do Slave do, Leia pretty I don't Leia think they have the rights to Slave Leia. They have the rights to Slave Leia. They can do whatever the fuck they want. This is Star Wars. Disney is like, hey, you want to make a Star Wars anime? Like, whatever you want to do, you can do it. All right. And one of these perverts is like, I want Slave Leia in a beach episode. And then, and then they were like, <laughs> okay, Disney maybe not that. like, ah, fuck, all right. Like, why not? Well, why not? Okay, Let's I, do I it. guess we can cross our fingers and hope that somebody decided to make a Slave Leia beach episode. I think that's a beat we can all dance to. <laughs> and I, for one, can't wait now even more than ever. Oh, man. I mean, I don't think that we should expect it, because, I mean, they already showed us uh, little brief clips of all of well, these things. But the beach episode doesn't in. take up the whole episode, usually. It's just a fraction of it, because, yeah. you know, there has to be some character at some point. So, you know, maybe they'll do a the, beach uh, thing for the first half, and then for the second half, it'll be about, uh, uh fucking, I, I don't know, Star Wars Kuhn yeah. and his uh, lightsaber yeah, it'll erection. Yeah, about the two twins. There's, like, an episode about the two twins that's in the Kill a Kill art style, mm-hmm. where, like, one's light and one's dark. Like, yeah, maybe that'll be a beach episode. Uh, they'll just, they'll fight on the beach, maybe. I don't know. Well, okay. Oh, and I think you're missing the key about... point of the beach episode. Oh, I, I, I that's The beach true. is the least important part guy. of that episode. <laughs> okay. Is it, is it just eye candy? Yes. Is that all that yes, matters? Yes, it could be taking like, place okay, in a right. skate park or in the Arctic. It could still be a beach episode if there's no beach at them. Okay, okay. Uh, that that does make sense. <laughs> uh, crap, I was going to say something about this. Oh, man, sports, uh, baseball. Totally... Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say that while we're talking about gross, perverted things... Whoa, uh, whoa, I whoa, definitely whoa, saw... whoa. Art. <laughs> I when I saw that uh, like the bunny character like the anthropomorphic bunny mm-hmm. I was immediately like oh that's gonna have so much porn made oh of good her. you thought like, that too okay so I thought I was just being gross <laughs> like, 
yeah, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh god. Okay, like, cool. I was yeah. like, here, here we go. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, not that I'm gonna look it up. I just know it's gonna exist. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. That's that's it. But uh, but yeah, that's absolutely absolutely. Uh, that's un- unfortunate. Absolutely, I like how they just <laughs> found a way to insert like a like a like an animal monster person into Star Wars. I mean, like, Star Wars already had them, but anime's like, no, no, I was no. Say, like Star Wars does that. Yeah, but anime has found a special way to draw them, where it's like, no, 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 it's it's a it's a monster girl. This is this is Star Wars canon now. I mean, it's not canon, <laughs> I mean, but again, it's a little it's bit. Not. It's almost canon. It, again, it's like this weird quasi. Like I'm fully expecting that in like uh, the next few years, we're going to see some of those aliens or potentially some of the characters that's from this show uh like show up in other mediums like that's actually canon you know like they're just gonna they're gonna let the anime people do their thing and then once it's all you know once the dust is settled they're gonna kind of pick and choose and grab whatever they can and fit it into the canon that's my guess for what how they're gonna do approach this you know what the which you know is, what the star wars bunny kind of looks like kind of looks like um, what does she look like, like anthropomorphic loop bunny the, the pokemon uh yes she totally does i could see it yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. which again like that she has tons of porn so well here we are. okay good We're to know right back at it <laughs> Where i'm i don't know why that i i think of this but here we are i mean it's i fine. can tell it's you fine. why that might open some doors you don't wish to be opened stop stop it stop it steve <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that but uh anyway star wars visions looks cool as fuck i am so pumped to watch this show I am it's also going pumped. to be so out there Great. Yes, and yes. I like how all I'm the episodes so come out at the same time, so I don't have I can just burn through them all right away. Binge it. Yeah, I love that we. I was able to find something that you're actually like interested in and be like, yes, that does sound really cool. Like, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Like, yes, that never happens. Steve. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm just, just as jacked. excited as you are, Adam. I'm so glad that we could experience this together. Uh, yes, this is glorious, Steve. <laughs> glorious. Oh my god. I am a uh, fun-loving guy who's of... easy to please. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. As my humble yeah, opinion sure. will tell you today. Okay, great. Uh, so our next piece of news, related kind of to canon, since we were already talking about it, is that uh, James Gunn uh, said in, a, on, I believe, on Twitter that uh, he does not consider the pre-Disney Plus Marvel shows to be canon. So that's Agents of Shield, Daredevil, Iron Fist. Uh, I'm. Tr- what are the other ones? Luke Cage, <laughs> uh, Luke Cage Jessica Jones. Literally any. Punisher. Just pick one. Uh, Agent Carter. Agent Carter is kind of a weird one because they were they took the actor who played Jarvis in Agent Carter and he was in Avengers Endgame for like three seconds. So I feel like that one's kind of canon, but whatever, it's fine. Like I. I'm just going to approach these shows as they're canon if I want them to be. Because they're never going to reference the shows, but that's okay with me. I The shows still exist, and I still enjoy them for what they are. You, I, you just got to treat it like um, Game of Thrones canon, where the books and the shows are both canon except for the parts where they conflict. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it, I, I think that a lot of uh, fans get really wrapped up in canon and not canon and, like, you know, inconsistencies. And it's like, it just, it really just doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't. It's it's not important. So let's just move on, you know? Like, I mean, if you, if you mean it doesn't matter because none of it's real, then that's true. But, I mean, having I mean, canon yeah. for your thing is... is pretty important. I mean, I like, I like the idea of having canon. I'm just saying that there are... 
uh, like minor inconsistencies just don't matter. And I think that going forward, James Gunn's uh, philosophy here of just kind of treating the pre-Disney Plus shows as non-canon is just the simplest way to approach it. Like, it's like, because otherwise, you know, you'd have to do weird mind-bendy shit, like, how come none of the shows were affected by the snap? Remember that? Remember how, like, you know, the, uh, well, Infinity War the came snap out? did happen after those shows were already over? No! Uh, not, uh, so in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, uh, when... Infinity War happened. They like made like this weird passing reference to to Thanos coming to Earth, and then they never mentioned it again. Well, uh, they all survived the snap, snapped. obviously. Yeah, and they all survived the snap exactly. So it, it was just they had kind a 50, of like 50 this shot. It was pretty likely they'd make it. I I mean, I all all of the characters, every single one survived. It's, a, and it's equal probability for all of them, Adam. It's not an exponential growth. It's fifty I mean, shit yeah, percent I, for each I guy. I know that. I know that mathematically it's possible. But okay, how do you explain how they didn't hear about the snap? They would have known um, that it because happened. Agents of Shield is stupid, so who cares? Okay, Agent. First of all, Agents of Shield is a great show, but this is exactly what I'm talking about here. Like, I could sit here and like be like, well, because it's uh because. The snap was not referenced. Agents of Shield isn't canon, but also that season they were doing time travel shenanigans. So maybe they instead entered a different alternate timeline in the multiverse where uh, the snap didn't happen, and it just none of it fucking matters. Like it's just not canon. Let's just think of it as not canon. It's it's simple. I mean that, and that easy seems easier to me. Done. It's just done. It, the show exists. If you want to watch it, it's a pretty good show. But don't don't twist your head trying to make it canon because it doesn't work. Same with Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Like how come uh how come none of the defenders were affected by the Sokovia Accords? Like why weren't any of them forced to uh you know sign up with the government in order to uh, uh hmm. remain well, a vigilante? You know I was like, why? I was just about to say because nobody knows who they are except that Jessica Jones is a very public mutant. And yeah, not exactly. Meta human or whatever the fuck they are. Luke and, Cage too. And Luke Cage has like a fucking YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Luke Cage is well known in the community as yeah, being he's out there the fucking man dabbing with on people. Skin. And it's like, oh man, okay. Yeah, but but he's never approached by any kind of government agents. No one's ever trying to like kidnap him and force him into mm. the raft. You know what it is? I bet the reason is racism. I bet the reason is <laughs> racism. It's just racism. Okay. I, see again it's uh, it's just simpler if we just think of it as like it's not canon to the MCU it's just like a it's an alternate marvel timeline or whatever it's just it's a, it's canon to itself and that's all that matters it's just a tv show don't think too hard i i really i really think that this is just how i'm going to approach it going forward uh and i mean it it's just it's the least hurt your brain answer yeah. that there is to this problem it's like exactly. uh, how do we how do we uh quantify all these things uh we don't oh okay perfect the pressure's yeah. off and if they decide that they want to like you know there are rumors that daredevil is going to be in the next spider-man movie if they want to bring elements from these shows into canon great but i mean that doesn't they make could the show don't canon. have to bring just elements they could just bring that exact guy just that exact daredevil and yes. all the things in his show could be canon in the spider-man movie like they all happened but that show doesn't necessarily become canon then, just because those things happened in there. They can still just say, none of that counts. We just happen to have a Daredevil who happens to be played by the same guy who happened to have a very similar life experience. But exactly. it's not that exact Daredevil, so it doesn't count. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's just, it's just. This is the simplest way to deal with it, and it's, it's the, and it's not even like a bad thing. Like it, the show's not being canon. Like I said in the beginning, it doesn't make the shows bad. Like you can still watch the shows, and they're and they're all great shows. I mean, okay, Iron Fist season one is not very good, but season two is much better. So like you know, they're all they exist, and if you want to watch them, great. But they're but they're not canon. Okay, like it's it's mm-hmm. just that simple. And I, I'm, I'm all for it, you know? And I love the shows. Absolutely love the shows. Uh, but anyway, so, I mean, yeah, we're going to I guess it's, 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 it's easier this way, because, like, it before is. we kept wondering, like, why aren't they in the movies? Why aren't they in the movies? And now it's like, oh, well, they never have to be again. Yeah. Now like, it doesn't like, matter. Oh, boop. Done. Just done. Yep. We're done here. That, like, you it, know, none that of one canon. decision really does clear up all the problems. It really does. Exactly. Uh, anyway. So our next piece of news is probably my personal favorite uh, news story of this episode. I, I'm very excited about this. Uh, so there is going to be a new Alien TV series coming to FX, uh, and it's going to be made by Noah Hawley, who is the creator of Legion, which is a show that I really like, though I've only seen the first season, uh, and also the creator of Fargo, which I have not seen, but I've heard is very good. Uh, it will not be about uh, Ellen Ripley. It will instead focus on the poor grunts who usually just get killed in the Alien movies. Like, just like, you know, the background guys. The, like, yeah. the military guys who just get murdered. Um, mm-hmm. And according to Noah Hawley, uh, it's going to be a story about inequality. It's going to be set on Earth, and it will explore what happens when the system's in place fail to contain the ultimate killing machine and just that 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 concept right there just when the system in place place fail to contain the ultimate killing machine sounds so fucking cool to me like i i just that sounds like the coolest idea for an alien series that i can think of like oh my god yes uh, I am. I love Alien. I I think that the, the I love the design. I love the feel of the aliens. I love how how like gross and almost sexual they are, and how like okay. you know it's all a. Well, they were designed that way. They were like the aliens were designed to be like phallic. Like like it's no, I know to... anybody anybody can see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Okay. It's just I don't know. I just the aliens are just so like profoundly scary to me like there's just something about the alien that it just like it it gives me shivers when i look at it too for too long i just ah god i fucking love the alien uh so i i'm just i'm all about xenomorph yeah i know but alien is just easier to say fuck the xenomorph but it's a very blanket term it's a capital a alien i know but that means basically anything that's not a a human uh in in related things, there's a new Marvel comic series uh, about Alien because now Disney owns the Alien franchise. Oh my god! Uh, I I've only read the first issue because that's all that's available right now on Marvel Unlimited, but it's pretty good so far. Uh, I cannot wait to read more. Unfortunately, it's it's drawn by Salvador Larocca, who also drew the Darth Vader series back in the day, and he is horrible at drawing faces, so that's a huge problem for me, but it's not a huge deal. Uh, stylized. Just, I know it's stylized. Also, uh, Salvador Larocca likes to uh, insert himself into his comics. Like, he uses his own face as a reference. That's and, awesome. like, I recognized him immediately. I was like, motherfucking hell. I was like, there he is again. He's using himself as a reference again. Okay, well, what it's possible doing? he might be bad at drawing then, because if he needs to, like, draw himself because it's the only face he knows how to draw. Yeah. 
No, yeah, he's all he he uses reference reference images for everything that he draws. Like there there are people well, who so do all artists. Um, do they? I don't know. I'm not an artist. Yeah, do, they don't just freehand that shit. They have to look at things and construct it out of references of real life examples. I mean, okay, inventing but, like, something I'm talking, is super hard. I'm talking like tracing, Steve. Like I'm talking like he'll take a picture from the internet and just comp like redraw that exactly. Just trace. Oh, well, the that's face plagiarism, and that's and not okay. Slap it onto a fucking page. Like, yeah, I know it's fucking lame. Yeah, that anyway. guy who did the Danny Phantom cartoon got in a lot of trouble for doing that. So that's that's probably not oh. okay. I did not know that. That's unfortunate. Well, that I wasn't was that wasn't in Danny Phantom. Somebody he does like art commissions for like six dollars or something because that's just like you know you give him some money and he'll draw something for you. But he didn't know how to draw a thing, I guess. So he like went online and found some deviant art of it and like traced Ooh. it and kind of changed some shit. And somebody that's found like the reference uh, picture and they're like, "Hey, that's my art you just stole." And he's like, "Uh, that yeah, that's bad. That's not good at all. Shit. Okay." Mm. Great. Well, not, if you can't draw something, just say you can't draw something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's whatever. Fine. Give that person their six dollars back. Uh, but anyway, but, uh, so this uh, alien thing. Yeah. Um, the way you have described it to me mm -hmm. sounds stupid. Oh come on, really? You don't think that a alien so, series set no, on Earth hang sounds on. cool? Hang on. Let all me right, explain. First of all. Uh, I don't like the idea of the aliens on Earth. I like them better on the ship because the claustrophobic no-escape atmosphere is really the only thing making them dangerous. Otherwise, you can just run from them. I mean, Number two, okay. the show about inequality, to my ears, sounds like there's going to be sub-themes in this show that are not about aliens killing people through drop ceilings. Okay. And I don't okay. want there to be... I don't want. We already have I, the Joker movie to express what happens when a system fails the underprivileged and the lower class, and that movie's stupid too for different reasons. But that movie's also stupid, so I don't need that kind of shit in my Alien movie because Aliens are not about that. Aliens I'm are sorry, about dripping acid through you from the ceiling and melting that, you. That is, uh, I do not agree with you. Uh, I the first Alien movie, especially, uh, there is definitely an undercurrent of class inequality, like. All of the main character, like all the main characters, are like they're just like trucker. They're intergalactic truckers, basically, and they are forced to go to this planet by their by the corporation that owns. Yes, them. I know. Wayland Yutani doesn't care about people. Yeah, Wayland Yutani doesn't care about. I understand people. Corporations the theme. Are bad. Yeah, no, I get that, okay. but that's not what's going to happen here. This isn't going to be a classist thing. This is going to be like uh, they're going to pick one kind of person and very heavily handedly, whatever type of person that's going to be and heavy-handedly tell them that they are not as valuable as other people on the team for weird esoteric reasons, because we've lost all subtlety in our subtext and shows these days. And it's just mm -hmm. going to be the alien is going to kill them more often because they'll be used as red shirts because they are quote-unquote less valuable. This isn't going to be like a Wayland Utani telling, putting human lives below the value of the weaponization options and money of the alien eggs. This is going to be a bunch of middle managers telling their McDonald's workers that they have to go pick up that fucking face hugger with their bare hands because having a mask would cost them $15 and fuck you if you think your life is worth $15. So it's not going to be as... It's not going to be subtext. It's going to be very blatant. And that's okay, going to make it I mean, stupid. There, that is a there's a there's a possibility of that. I, I cannot I cannot pretend that that's impossible. Uh, absolutely, this could be heavy-handed. However, 
Uh, I I have seen the first season of Legion, which is fantastic. I, I have quite a bit of faith in uh, Noah Hawley. I think that he's a pretty good showrunner and a pretty good writer. I, I, I think we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. until well, See, we that's, that's see fair, because I don't know anything about this guy or his previous work, so maybe he's good at this. I don't know. But the third thing that I'm not jazzed about about this here uh, alien show is actually the the, the people it's about, the, the grunts on the ground, you yeah, know, the, the, the nameless, sure. faceless murder victims from the previous movie. I understand that this is supposed to be, like, about an ensemble of people that we're supposed to care about put in a bad situation rather than just having one hero, you know? But yeah. kind of the threat of the alien things is that it starts picking people off all the time and everybody around you just kind of serves to show how, how whoops, that could have been me. And I feel like if you try to characterize any of those people too hard, it's going to make it really weird when the alien kills them. I know it might make it... I know it could be a Game of Thrones thing where important characters could die at any minute and maybe that's the appeal. But really in this kind of thing, at least in my opinion, you really can't have too many important people because they're all supposed to die. This is like a slasher thing. If the characters don't die, the show's not doing its thing right. You know? Mm. Like if nobody dies mm -hmm. and they're all characterized then they failed as an alien property. I mean, yeah, if, that that I agree with completely. Like, you have to kill many, many characters. Like, that's yes, the whole has point to be a, of the alien. There's got to be a lot of face-hugging, a lot of yeah. acid-melting, a lot of, like, penis mouths going through the back of people's heads. You know, all that shit has to happen. But I'm concerned that they're going to limit that in favor of, like, giving these people personalities or trying to make these mm. boots on the ground into people. And that's a fair point, an, you know? That that is a fair point. Like you still have to have like, if if they want to focus on the grunts, fine. But the grunts still have to fucking die. Like you know, right. people still yeah. need to be murdered all the time in this show because that's right. the fucking like you can you xenomorph. can have a core group of people that matters. Like if you want to make this instead of having one, you know, person important, make like a group of like six important and still have a bunch of people die around them. You know, like, maybe this would be, like, the fucking crew of the Enterprise. You got, you know, one doctor, one captain, one lieutenant, one driver, one mechanic yeah. or whatever. Have all those people be important and then have all the red shirts around them just get eight. That would work fine. That's uh -huh. that's perfectly acceptable option, alternative. I'm on board with that. I like to see people get killed by alien. <laughs> so do I, Steve. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I just... Mean, I, I definitely see how this could go badly. I mean... The Alien franchise is so all over the place in terms of quality. Uh, like it's very <laughs> that's easy for sure. <laughs> it's very easy to fuck up uh, an Alien movie. It's, like it's, it's just shockingly is. easy to fuck up, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I always, I, I always like to like tell you think people, this formula would write itself, you know? You think exactly? Yeah. Like it's a pretty simple concept, but people always they just don't seem to get it. Uh, but, like, I've always said, like, the first two Alien movie, you know, Alien, Aliens. The, the, like, that's the crowning fucking jewel. Like, that's a, it's incredible. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a wonderful duology. And everything else, except for, uh, Alien Isolation, the video game, everything else you <laughs> yeah. should just ignore. Like, just, yeah. like, nope, none of it happened. Like, Prometheus? I don't know what that even oh, is. Man. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What is that? Just stop it. Yeah, Kinda it's, like it's whole... really funny because, like, the whole thing with Alien was that it was a weird, mysterious force of unknowable terror. And then yeah. once you start explaining it and giving it genealogies and shit, it's like, wow, this is uh, much less scary now that it has a family tree, you know? 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the other thing that's really hard about um, the other thing that's really hard about this is that uh, it's very easy to make your characters behave like fucking buffoons uh, in order to you know have them be murdered by the alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that stretches disbelief so much. Like uh, I think it was Alien Covenant. Like these people are on the, on this ship and they go to this alien planet. They do, and it's a planet they haven't scoped out. They don't know anything about it. They uh, they don't, they're not even wearing they're not wearing masks. They're not wearing I mean, anything. Why would they you? just they just go out uh, on this alien world just to see what's what. One of them almost immediately gets infected by a spore through his ear canal and then starts dying. And then I think an, I think an alien bursts out of him. And then later in the film, there's another character who is led to a one of the facehuggers by a very suspiciously acting android who just kind of leads him to this egg thing. And he's like, go ahead, stick your face in there. And that's exactly what the man does. He just sticks his face right up in that egg. uh, And then guess what? He gets face hugged and then he dies. And it's, it's just, it, it gets so tedious when you have every fucking character acting like a like a two year old who can only follow basic instructions. Like it's just also, so and I believe in Prometheus, the aliens burst out of them in like minutes later, whereas in yeah, like the first movie, it took thing. like hours. It took, yeah, I think yeah, I think it took several hours or even like a day or two mm-hmm. in the first one because they had to like have them in observation and put them in isolation and like have time to examine the thing. Like, oh man, this thing is like keeping him alive. Like, how do we get it out of there? Like, have a chance to like make a discussion about it before like the the spooky thing happened. But mm-hmm. you know, subtlety is lost, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 definitely tricky. But at the same time, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. You know, like, you know, Alien I, that's 3. That's fair, I guess. Alien 4, like, fuck, like, those movies all blow. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's fun. If you want to make a new Alien movie or, or TV show in this particular case, I say, go for it. Why not? I It's not like there's anything to lose, you know? Like, I've already lost my faith in the Alien franchise. Who the fuck mm-hmm. cares at this point? And also, Aliens, the Xenomorphs, are fucking cool. They're well, so is, cool. That's true. That's true. What's, oh man, what's that... What's that horror game where you're basically playing, like, the cast of a slasher movie and it's got, like, it's like a big fucking quick time event fiesta where there's, like, permadeath, so if you fuck up a quick time event oh. when your guy's, like, permanently... Whatever that Are thing is talking... called. You know what I'm talking uh, about, right? Until Dawn? That one. Yes, that yeah. one. Imagine that this show was that game. Like, imagine oh. going through it, but you win and nobody dies. That would be kind of cool, actually, in a weird way. Like, I would love it. Like, I know that, like, Netflix experimented with, uh, like, interactive TV before, you know, like a choose-your-own-adventure type deal. Uh, I would... Uh, an alien choose-your-own-adventure TV series would be so fucking cool. Like, uh, and, like, anytime uh, well, you fuck up, no, you just... No, it, it wouldn't, you know. because you as a functioning person outside of the situation be able to examine it and know what not stupid thing to do. For example, uh, if the man says, hey, stick your face in there, you'd tell him to eat a dick. <laughs> I mean, that's true, yeah. Uh, but or I don't if they know, said, think... go outside without space helmets on, you'd say, oh uh, no. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear told me that you don't take your helmet off. Yeah, I, I, it is insane to me that... It's one thing if they, do, if they went outside without helmets on, but then, you know... Th- 
the alien shows up through some other means. You know, like, them not wearing a helmet doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But almost immediately, one dude gets infected by the spore. And it's like, what? Dude, in why? fucking Planet, why in Planet of the helmets? Apes, in Planet of the Apes, they didn't wear helmets. But even though the ship was sinking, they still checked to make sure the air wasn't poisonous before they went outside with no helmets on. And only because they didn't have time to get them. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like, that's how it should be done. And that's it's Planet not that of hard. the Apes. <laughs> Like, I, it, it frustrates me to no end when uh, writers make characters behave in completely illogical ways that no human being would ever do because plot. You know, it's like, well, well we have to have the okay, alien see, kill them, so... Well, see, that's just it, though. In, in the aliens thing, it makes sense because you need these people to die and you need to show that the alien hunts them. And if they were logical thinking people, they probably wouldn't die as fast or at all. I mean, yeah. Like, that first guy would die because the facehugger would burst out of him. And maybe they would do something stupid like split up and look for the little squirrel-sized alien to try to find it. And then it would grow to full size. And then they would have a problem. So what they should have done is gather up all the weapons, get in a single room, and just form a big Charlie's Angel semicircle and just obliterate the thing when it comes in the door. That would have probably been the best thing they could have done, absolutely. But a much shorter movie, no? But a much shorter movie. I'm not saying that every character needs to have, like, needs to come up with the perfect plan every time, but at the very least, if you see a fucking, like, scary-looking egg that has something moving inside it, and this super suspicious robot is like, go ahead, just shove your face in. Like, come on, just don't. Don't do that. Like, like no, see, I'm see, not... I, I, know, I know it sounds weird, Adam, but I, I disagree. I, I think you really? have to have... Yes, for this medium to work, you have to have the stupid people. Imagine if you had a slasher movie, and the, that stupid chick in high heels took her high heels off. Or, like, you know, didn't try to crawl like through the, the dog door or something. Like, these people yeah. would never die. They have to do stupid things for the movie to work. That's the part that we enjoy. We see the dumb people get their comeuppance. So, you have to have the I morons guess. make the bad decisions so they can get brutally killed so that the smart people can survive. I still think that there's a way to do that while still maintaining, like, logic. You know, like, I think that there's a way to have the alien be a badass and have it kill people and have the people get their comeuppance for making mistakes while also making this, the mistakes that they make seem justifiable. It is more difficult, certainly. Like, it's it's harder to write, but mm-hmm. it's more rewarding for the audience. And I think that it, like, like I that's honestly why I think that the Alien franchise has, la- has lasted as long as it did. The first two films are so excellent, and they are especially the first one is like it's so uh consistent and the alien is so scary because there is nothing that they can do they're stuck on this ship with this alien that bleeds acid well see that's and that's the uh, another reason that they have to be in space and not on earth because you have an infinite planet to run from whereas yeah like even even like the predator movie where they're in that jungle like that wasn't really a confined space quote unquote but it was still kind of one because you were you had a lot of, you know, room to roam, but there was nothing around. It was just, right. you know, trees and vantage points. But like, I mean, I, I think that you know, I like that mo- that Predator movie. If I'm being honest, uh, mostly because I think it's really I like the idea of Predator. Well, sure, Predator's taking, cool. Everybody likes Predator, but well, I just like I like the idea of a Predator taking humans and shoving them on an alien world and letting them be free to give them a you know a chance to survive because they're predators. Oh, okay, they, they, I was actually referring to. The movie Predator, the first one. Oh, 
Oh, I was thinking of... I'm not sorry, that thing where they get kidnapped and put on that weird Chuck E. Cheese planet where they play the most dangerous game. Not that. I, see, I liked that one. I, I don't know. That, that one I thought was a fun a fun Predator movie, but whatever. I mean, the concept uh, is fine. I, that, we're talking about that, though. We're talking about aliens. Right. So, yes, yes, yes. All, and also, in my last quibble about the Aliens show here is that I don't know that Alien works as a show. You don't think some so? Some things are shows, some things are movies. If you have a story to tell that needs a conclusion rapidly, movie. I don't think you can really have the slow burn. Like, I, mm. I, it's a weird thing to say because Alien is such a slow burn, but it's a, yeah, it's it's a timed slow. It's a timed slow burn because they, they get yeah. to the crescendo of that eventually. I feel like if you have a show, it's just going to become every episode. Where's the alien? Because it's going to be a, an extra long version of the movie. Then it's going to be where's the alien now? But we spend fifteen minutes talking about it. And then maybe somebody dies this episode, maybe they don't, depending on how many characters are in the show. But, like, it's going to take us, like, eight episodes to get to a point where we feel like we have a chance of understanding this thing. Like, they might not even find out there's a qu- if there's a queen. I have, we don't know yet. But, like, if the, assuming there's just the one alien, like, we have, we're not going to learn anything important about it for, like, eight episodes. We might not even see it until the third episode. People might just start disappearing. That is possible. That is like, possible. Actually, we might just yeah. see somebody get pulled into a ceiling by nothingness. You know, like fucking mm-hmm. marionette wires might just rip him out of the ground. You know, like a big man-sized carrot. We, we don't know, but I feel like that you can't... It's not necessarily the right medium. I think show is not right for horror. Huh. Horror has to be... Has to have defined a, a two-hour block to get its message across. And it has to have, you know, a suspenseful first half... And a concluding second half. Something has to be done in that same story. You, you can't just end on a, well, we didn't get him this episode. I don't think. Uh, you know, okay. Uh, I see where you're coming from. Uh, I don't fully agree. Uh, I do think it could be done. I, I But I do think that it is it is harder. It's, it's harder to do alien... I mean, okay. The whole point is suspense. So you could very easily build up suspense in a longer form series... Uh, which might work, but it's really all about how you do that. Like, you have to have an explanation for why the alien isn't killing them right away. You have to have Mm -hmm. some kind of reason why, uh, you know, it's taking a long time to hunt down the alien. If you could, if if that could be written effectively, I think this could be a fantastic show. I I think I know how how. they could do it, how they could make this sort of thing work. We're going to take a little bit of the, uh, the thing and do it here. So they're going to be some kind of isolated research station, right? Yeah. And they're going to have, we'll just say it's like a a clutch of eggs or maybe even just one alien, right? So they're going to do the same thing they always do. You know, they've never seen a xenomorph before. Somebody's going to get face-huggered. It's going to make either a alien or a couple aliens. And they're going to break off. And then it's going to be a either hunt down the alien situation for the first couple, you know, for the first episodes. Or it's going to be a stay away from the aliens for the first couple episodes. However it is they choose to go about it. But no matter what they do, the alien is going to keep getting people. And instead of killing them, everybody gets everybody gets xenomorphed. Everybody gets facehuggered. More xenomorphs mm. all the time. And they start losing ground in the facility. And eventually it becomes less of a, we are in a facility with an alien, rather than, we are in a facility that is cut off by aliens. It'll be more of a, oh, they're all around us and we are losing rooms rapidly so it becomes like a how many rooms of this place do we still have that are safe that we know there aren't xenomorphs in 
like almost zombie movie kind of related except it's like an intelligent predator rather than just like you know closing a wooden door behind you so i think that's how they're gonna have to do this is they're gonna have to have enough characters where enough important people can still be around but enough red shirts can die and turn xenomorph that we can start to have like eventually the xenomorphs start to outnumber the people and they have to like it's it's not going to be so much a like they're going to know the aliens are there but it's going to be more of a survival thing like uh how like somebody's have to go out and fix the radio tower at some point so they can call for help because they're in like the middle of alaska or something i can see that yeah yeah and it's going to be like a how do we know there's aliens we open the hallway i don't see any aliens and then the first guy that goes out there immediately tackled from the t intersection hallway and just runs (laughs) off screaming and they slam that door shut and we don't try that again for two more episodes that actually could totally work that's how i see Uh, that going down and i think that having a show where you have more time would allow you to have characters make smart decisions more often you don't mm-hmm. it doesn't necessitate poor planning all the time because well we need to get to the alien uh you know yeah. action right away so Ooh, let's have this well, dude stick his face in like well see that's, that's by, i think that's a benefit of this how is that they don't have to make dumb decisions they can make reasonable at the time decisions because all the things they exactly. will do at the, when there's one alien running around will probably seem reasonable, but in retrospect, it'll be like, oh man, if only we had d- taken this seriously and done this, this, and this, we'd still have access to the weapons locker or the mainframe or whatever. Yes. And then it becomes exactly. a, now we have to make the best decision we can with the things we have. So yes. it becomes and a, the we have one spacesuit yeah. or like, you know, one biohazard suit left or something that somebody left in here from lunch. What can we do with that that makes the best use of the limited supplies we have? Because now we have, like, six potatoes, a kitchen fork, uh, a toaster, and three bathtubs worth of mayonnaise. What can we do to win? Yeah, I, I, I think that would be a wonderful way to approach it. I there's I think that there's a lot of potential here uh, for a TV show. I, I it, absolutely, it absolutely could go badly. Like, don't get me wrong, but that's true of anything that has a xenomorph in it. it well, now know, I want to give it a shot. Yeah, sweet. Yes, I got you, Steve. I'm, I'm reeling you. <laughs> I mean, in. I talked myself into it with my much better idea, but uh, okay, fine, whatever. I, I'm just excited that you are kind of excited. And that's, what's, that's all what's, that matters. What service is this on? Uh, it's gonna be an. It's coming to FX, so I think that's Hulu. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So our next piece of news is that uh, reports suggest that Grand Theft Auto Six uh, could finally come out in 2024 or 2025 and also that it's going to feature a return to vice city now i have talked about this before but uh i have not played vice city but everybody tells me that vice city is one of the best grand theft autos so maybe i should get around to doing it that was my first gta oh it was okay Mm -hmm. mine was four that was my first gta Mm. i was way later Uh, you didn't even play san andreas san andreas is actually the best one Oh, is oh oh yeah. Okay, San Andreas is the best one. Okay, see, I I, I haven't played San Andreas. I've played four and I've played five, and that's it. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I know, I know. I I joined late. My my dad was very stubborn and would mm. not let me play it for a really long time. Uh, he actually made me. I, I bought it once I got old enough, like I was seventeen, and he made me return it to the store because um, he didn't want the even the possibility of my younger brothers playing the game. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, I, I, uh, I joined you, uh, late. I'll let you know. It's not my fault. Adam, uh, my parents also did not want me to buy Grand Theft Auto, even though the neighbor kid had uh, Grand Theft Auto. I would just go over there and play it. Uh, but 
they said as an alternative, I'll buy you something else. So I just picked up a random game off the shelf that was called Ride or Die, which is just about, mm. like, shooting people with guns while driving cars, which was mostly the same thing, except I couldn't leave the car. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, you just, it's just Ride or you're just it's, driving it's around. It's just a racing game, except there's guns involved. They I still see. say the bad words, and there's still the boobies and stuff. You know, it's just that, like, I but couldn't hit hookers. a prostitute with a bat. Yeah, all right, Or go all right. golfing. <laughs> uh, I mean, that. all right, all right. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm very, very ready for Grand Theft Auto 6. I feel like it's been so long. Like, when the fuck did, didn't, uh, was it 2012 when Grand Theft Auto 5 came out? Or something like I that? I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure you can get it on the PS3, though. I, yeah, I know you could. You definitely could get it on yeah. the PlayStation. It's it's on three generations of uh, PlayStation consoles. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, how well, I mean, is... f- fucking Skyrim, you know, hello. Yes, I know, I know. Like, Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto V are, like, the two that, like, are available on every fucking thing. Uh, and they just keep remaking it until the end of time. And I, I'm that's what I'm saying here, is I'm ready for a new goddamn game. Like, please... Give I'd be excited to, to go back me. to Vice City again. I like me some Miami. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, another part Tommy of this Vicetti. is oh, another part of this is that apparently the map is going to be updated over time. Uh, and uh, the article that I read compared it to a live service game like Fortnite. I don't really know exactly what that means because I have not played Fortnite. Uh, so but... okay, so my understanding of how that works, and I have never played Fortnite either. But my understanding mm-hmm. is, you know how they have like seasons, and all the seasons have themes and shit. Right, yeah, I like, know that. The, the basic maps are the same, but, like, random shit will, ch- like, like, like you know, a random thing will have, quote, fallen into the map, and they'll just be, like, you know, a, a big banana jetting out of a wall or something somewhere. Like, things that are supposed to have happened in the world are happening to the map, so the repercussions of that are, like, you know, I mean, that does visible. sound kind of cool. But that only cool works in, in, like, something that has themes like that. I don't know how they would do that in Grand Theft Auto unless they're, like, going to actual Miami every once in a while and checking to see what new businesses have started and then changing it accordingly. <laughs> well, what I'm a little worried about is... Or I'm what hurricane that, like, has come through. I, see, I'm worried that they're going to somehow try to combine the single player and uh, the online to some sort of weird hybrid kind of, like... A, like an Avengers situation, and you don't want you don't want that. <laughs> like, I, mean, don't I don't do even that. know what you mean, and I know I don't want it. Uh, I'm just trying to like I'm I'm thinking that maybe because I know that there are people like me who only pl- are pretty much only play the single player, and then there are other people who almost exclusively play the online, and they might want to try to like combine that into one uh, fandom or what you know one mm-hmm. player base. Uh, in theory, just, you know, kind of merge the online and the single player into some sort of weird Frankenstein's monster. This is just yeah, me guessing Yeah, that shit here. didn't I work when that. The Sims tried it, so let's not try it with this. Um, yeah, like, I think that that's a bad idea. I do not want them to do that. I know that um, there are people who are like, oh, Grand Theft Auto Online is the only way to play Grand Theft Auto, so that's all I want. And that's fine, you're entitled to that shit opinion. But, like, <laughs> I, they could still make the regular game for the regular people who want that and just keep those things nice and separated so that we don't have to like uh, the only I would thing prefer that too my preferred yeah. means of online interacting with people when i'm playing my single player game is the dark souls way when i can just call them to help me kill something hard if i need help but otherwise ignore them 
That sounds perfect. Yeah, I, I concur. I, For me, it's like less interaction with other people and less feeling bad about me being bad at video games, the better. That's, that, is, that is where I'm at with it. Because I'm not very good at video games, and I, I get self-conscious when <laughs> That's fair. I'm playing with a bunch of people and they're much better than I am. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, the best part about I'm the Dark sorry, Souls one, or at least the Bloodborne one anyway, I, can't, I don't know if this is the same with Dark Souls as well, is uh, if you're playing offline, the online people you can call are just bots and you can just have oh, really? them it's each single player come and, that's, and that's, NPCs that's will want. fight for you that, that is exactly what I want so no wanna, interaction with other people at all uh, uh, in the vein of talking about how I'm bad at video games I recently, uh, I've been playing Smash Brothers recently and I'm getting better at Smash Brothers which is nice, but uh, I, I, I did one online session and that was a uh, mistake I, uh, so uh, here's the thing I won uh, which was very exciting, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I won. Uh, the funny part is that the other guy was significantly better than I am. Every time I was even close to the dude, he was, like, kicking my ass. Like, I barely got any hits in. But we were on this stage where, like, it's one of those stages that, you know, moves... So ah. all I had to do was just run away and just keep moving and, like, throw <laughs> items at him, and then I won. <laughs> oh, okay, so if he was playing on Final Destination, he would have wrecked your shit, but since oh, you were playing on... fucking Since you were yeah, playing on fucking uh, Pokemon Coliseum or whatever, he was able to to lose because yeah, you kept chucking. Was... I'm surprised he let you play with items. I'm surprised that he didn't just, you know... Change the yeah, no, I I know. Mm, whatever. I, me too. I was like, man, I, I did not deserve to win this, but I did. I mean, did, I like I, items, but I'm not good at that game. I, I did not play again. I was like, I did the one, and I won, and I was like, I'm going to leave it on that positive note. And then I went back to playing single player. I was like, yes, did it. <laughs> like, you know, like, we're good here. <laughs> Oof, that ego boosted. And done. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Very uh, fair. Anyway. I have never played uh, non-line Smash Bros. ever. Nor have oh, I no? ever played. I've only ever played with the same people in the same room as me. And they're all better than me anyway. So sometimes I luck into victory, but most of the time I don't. Also, since I don't see very well, I have walked off the ledge of Smash Bros. as my just myself, thinking I was somebody else, so many times. Like, oh, somebody God. could be Bowser, and I'll be Kirby, because I'm always Kirby. And I'll just walk right off the ledge and not even realize it. It's like, oh, um, whoops. <laughs> I whoops, thought I was that bad. green blob instead of this pink blob. <laughs> ah, whatever. It happens it's a fun. lot. Yeah, it happens. It's, it's fine. Uh, but anyway, Grand Theft Auto 6. So, yeah, I'm very, very interested in Grand Theft Auto 6. I hope that it's it has, like, a really strong single-player component. Uh, I was a big fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. That, that ended up uh, uh, completely exceeding my expectations. So maybe I'm actually going to get to the point where I'm good at Rockstar Games games. But we'll see. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, our last piece of news for today is that uh, WB Montreal is rumored to be working on a Superman video game. Uh, these are the guys who are behind Arkham Origins and the upcoming Gotham Knights, which I am cautiously optimistic about. Uh, but uh, I loved Arkham Origins. Uh, but, uh, Steve, do you think that there's any way in hell to make a good Superman video game? Is there, nope. is there any chance of doing that successfully? No? The only way you could make a functioning Superman game is if you kept contriving ways to put him in a bunch of corridors so he had to fight people. Like, I imagine very much like your Marvel game when you have Iron Man. It's just a series of 
uh, black and white corridors that you can oh, fly yeah, around, yeah. but all you but you have to like either shoot the guys from the sky or go down there and punch them. I suspect it's going to be very much like that. You're either going to be able to heat vision people, or you go down there and you flatten their skulls with your super strength. But they can't give you an open world game for Superman, really. It's just not. I mean, flying around in the world could work as a means of just bypassing the traveling, but. They made a game like that. There was a PlayStation 2 Super Superman the movie the game, which I remember. Mm. Um, and you had the option to fly in that game, but it was the most un unwieldy, just absolute fucking mess. You moved so fast, so fast, that it was <sighs> uncontrollable. You had two speeds. It was either brisk walking pace, just kind of listly floating through the air, or absolute Mach 10 explode speed where you just fire straight into the building in front of you. And I couldn't control it at all, so I never flew in that game. I only ran. Superman spent his whole time running on the ground because I couldn't fucking control the flying. And in that game, you also have two speeds of running. You have walking and super speed run. But when you super speed run, you don't crash into anything. You just kind of, you know, weird clip around it. So uh-huh. at least sure, I could, sure. yeah. So at least I could get places and not have to worry about like being stymied by every corner because I couldn't take it in time. So I don't know what I can't imagine what they would do other than like basically just make a Spider-Man open world thing, except make you fly instead of web swing. Would web swinging is way more fun. Is oh, a is a means is. of moving. It's a much more interesting way of getting around than just flying places. And whatever it is that you're fighting, like. If you're not fi- if you're fighting stuff in the open world, it's it's stupid easy because you're Superman and you can't lose. So they're gonna have to find contrived ways to put him in a bunch of warehouses or museums or train stations or something, yeah. and making him fight inside where there's a limit to how high you can fly. Because otherwise, I can't see any reason to ever touch the ground. Like no matter what yeah. villain you're fighting, like- you should fight like a, a smart Superman would fight, and you just fly up into the stratosphere and use your supervision to melt them from space. Wasn't it okay? Wasn't it Grant um, Saints Row Four where you like got a like a, just an asset of superpowers and it made the game like super easy? Uh, like, is, yes. Was, was yes. That, yeah. That was that like, was exactly that's... what happened. Yes. You they they toyed with it in some DLC for three. Three had mm-hmm. a superpower thing you got temporarily, but in four they gave you all the superpowers basically, and they kept the mechanics from three, and it all it did was just show you how unimportant guns were because you had superpowers. Yeah, so, well, like, that's kind of what I'm, like, imagining for this game. Like, I feel like if it was, like, a power fantasy type of game, like, you're Superman, you have, you know, you have, uh, you you can fly around the city just like Spider-Man, and then, like, there's a bunch of bosses that show up at some point, and those mm-hmm. are maybe a little bit challenging, but generally speaking, when you're just flying around, you can just fucking kill, or not maybe not kill, but you can defeat almost anybody, mm-hmm. and there's almost no danger to you all the time. I think I, it'd be really, it's it's really, Superman is such a difficult character to approach, especially when you're doing a video game, because you, yeah. you want to, there needs to be a way for you to lose, but the whole point of Superman is that there's not a way for him to lose, so how right. do you do that? Like, you could maybe, like, have it be all tied to, like, city health, you know, like, you know, Superman, you well, fail. interesting you say that, because this actually is what happened in, in the PlayStation 2 one, is they actually did have a city health level where things wouldn't, I mean, things would attack you, which, like, you know, knock you down and stuff, but most of the actual threat was, like, city blocks getting blown up. So, like, okay. the actual metric of failure was how much stuff 
Superman allowed to get destroyed. So I guess in this one, say you were doing a Spider-Man thing where it's like, you know, a bunch of little random street crimes are happening. Instead of having a bunch of goons attack Spider-Man, I mean Superman, with lead pipes, which obviously won't <laughs> do anything to him. Yeah. Perhaps you could have them, like, you know, dropping somebody off, or like somebody's hanging from a like a rooftop and you have to get there in time to save them before they fall to their death sure. or something. Like, something that yeah, actually has consequences like outside of Superman's health. Yeah, it's it's it can be done. I do think that it is possible to like have the failure metrics not be you dying, but yeah, be like someone else dying or, you know, a city being destroyed, a right. bomb going off, something like that. It could absolutely be done. Uh it just it requires very careful like, you know, game design. You have yeah. to be very conscious of how it's, you go it's, about it's doing just, it. It's just the flying thing. That's that's the big problem. Like, mm -hmm. people will always use the easiest solution to a problem. And if I can fly over the problem... I mean, maybe the, some of the bad guys you fight fly, too. A lot of them can fly. But, like, even if that's the case, that's only boss fights. Most problems can be solved by just bzz, 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 people from space. Yeah. So unless I have, like, a, a yellow sun energy life bar that goes down and I lose my powers if I use that too much, which would be stupid. Like That would be stupid. Like, I was actually I, thinking I'm in about the sun... <laughs> The other thing that you could maybe do if you wanted to have Superman actually be defeatable would be you could maybe have him be like a like an inexperienced Superman, a young Superman who's still like I mean, you know, kind we of could do we could do Smallville Superman were. who had like vulnerability to stuff still, like yeah, he had some exactly. of his powers but not all of them. But I feel like most people don't want to play that version of Superman because that's at that point yeah, you're basically just playing the Hulk I mean, game again. I think that it could work if, like, by the end of the game, you're close to a full Superman, you know? Like, you have the mm -hmm. flight and, the, and the, the breath and the heat vision and, like, you know, all, you know, obviously super strength. Like, if you get it all by the end, I think it could work. But if you start out the game and, like, you can only fly for short periods of time because it's exhausting, mm -hmm. maybe. Or, nah. you know, you don't have heat vision right away, well, but you do always have super strength. I guess there's, I don't two, know, there's two lazy ways of making this work there's number one where all you have to do is write some contrived story reason why superman is vulnerable to regular damage now like maybe right. every bad guy in metropolis has fucking kryptonite, kryptonite bullets now that would be like the thing you could do that yeah. would i mean kryptonite will definitely have to play a role in that story somewhere but it of course. can't yeah everybody every street gang member can't have kryptonite so like that's not gonna work. I mean, you could just do it. You know the Mortal Kombat style, where like they take the magic pill and all of a sudden Joker can tangle with Superman because he's got like super strength and shit. It just just to make an explanation for why those fights make sense. But like the other option is you can just do something to Superman that temporarily deep or I guess long term depowers him so that he's he keeps his like Superman versus Batman the Kryptonite gas where he got to keep most of his powers but became vulnerable to damage. I feel like that's yeah. really the only way you can make Superman have a life bar and have it be convincing. Yeah. And also have there be like threat. That. I mean, you could also, like, doesn't Superman have, like, a weakness to magic or he's, something? He's vulnerable like, to magic. He's not weak to it. It hurts him like okay. it hurts everybody else. Okay. I mean, yeah, so you you could have some of the villains uh, have magical powers. So I, I suppose like, you okay. could just have lots of random cultists or something having magic weapons, I guess. But yeah. That then, feels like that's like not really a Superman. I'm thinking of like something then. like 
the Spider-Man uh, thing where you have different factions. Like, maybe you could have, like, you have the magic faction, and then you have the LexCorp uh, Kryptonite Bullet faction. Oh, okay, so they're then... all functionally identical. They all hurt him just in a different way, is what you're saying? Yeah. Like, just that's the explanations for, okay, all right, maybe. It could be I, the, done. The biggest problems is not that you can't make the game. It's just that you have to find a convincing reason for A, Superman to be hurt, and a B, reason B, why I can't just hover above the fight and, and heat vision everybody. If you can solve yeah. those two problems, then him flying around is not an issue. It's just like you have to explain why I don't solve all my problems by obliterating them from the moon. You know? Yes. No. I <laughs> and how you agree. can hurt him realistically. Yeah, it, it, it's tricky. Unless but every enemy is dark side. I think it could work. Unless, yeah, I hope that that's not where they're going with it. Uh, yeah, I don't want every enemy to be dark side. Uh, but I, it is possible to have goons that can threaten that can threaten you, or again, you could do the whole threatening. We could have thing. Metallo. He's or pretty both. underrepresented in Superman stuff lately. Yeah, I want Bizarro personally. I think Bizarro. Oh, is I'm one sure of he can make an appearance. Superman villains. Yeah. Uh, if they don't at least have like a reference to Bizarro. Bizarro really was in the Superman the movie the game one as well. Was he? Okay, yeah. good. Uh, also, of course, Lex. You have to include Lex in some capacity. Yeah. I don't think that uh, there. I don't think that you can tell a Superman story, like a good Superman story, that does not feature uh, Kryptonite, Lex, or one of those two. I don't think you mm. can do it. <laughs> or I guess I mean, Darkseid. If you made it convincing one, I mean, yeah, I was just going to say Darkseid is obviously a, a perfectly reasonable substitute for both of those things. But that's kind of like saying you can't tell a Batman story without Joker, and I think that's kind of underselling Batman. I, I, yeah, like, I guess that's Superman true. has his own little rogues gallery. I mean, no, not as yeah, interesting as the individual as... members of the Bat family, but, like, you know, I mean, he's got his own level two villain, fucking Mr. Mixleplexus. He's that's... got that. He can. Oh, yeah, Mr. Spitlick or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, fine, fine. You're right. It can be done. I just, uh, for me, the iconic Superman stuff is like, is like Lex, Kryptonite, Bizarro, and dark side like if, if, if one of those four things doesn't show up i'm gonna be like what the fuck is the point of this game like like what are we doing i don't understand That's uh, fair. but anyway we are now going to move on to uh the magic hour uh Yeez. god what the fuck happened last week there was <laughs> wasn't there like a oh god it's 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 right on the tip of my tongue there was some dude who was evil and he was trying to lead a war or something and then did it, didn't he get trapped in like a on like a, a plane a particular or i can't remember the name of it but am i even close or is, i mean is you're close by virtue of that almost every episode of the magic timeline involves some wizard or some war yeah i mean i i just i don't i don't remember this i don't remember the specifics i'm sorry that's okay don't worry about <sighs> okay. it today's episode of the magic hour the year, 3,346 AR. Urza journeys to Shiv and discovers the Mana Ring. Urza starts creating the Legacy Artifacts, and shortly afterwards, he also starts his Bloodline project. What are the Legacy Artifacts? That's my question. Oh, that's know, a good one. That seems, that's a, that's that a good seems one, important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a capital L, <laughs> capital L. Actually, there was a lot of okay. good things in that particular one, but uh, any yeah, of them would have been wrong. Sounds like it. So the Legacy Weapon or the legacy artifacts, I should say, are magical things, like the, Golgoth the Golgothian Silex that you've already met, the thingy that blew up that place, the bowl of, of doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that's one of them. 
Uh, they are basically a collection of super powerful magic baubles and gugaws that he hopes to make a Death Star laser out of. Huh. Which would be the uh, legacy weapon. So it's it's a bunch of different things that he's gonna like just combine to make a, a mega weapon. That is like, correct. Yes. Okay, but like what what things like like you say baubles, but how do you combine a bunch of knickknacks into a weapon? Like with fucking make, magic. How does that work? <laughs> All right, but like what does he melt it down? Like do they connect like Legos? Like you just I'm just curious. Like what what is that? What does that look like? What is that? Uh, it involves uh, a weird thingy he built and his Karn Silver Golem. Hmm. Okay, Karn Silver Golem. Karn the Silver Golem, that's a character. Oh, Karn the Silver Golem, okay. Yes. All right. Does he speak in full sentences? Just as a... Karn... I'm curious. Karn? Yeah. Yes, he's a hyper-intelligent living being. Oh, I thought he, I was just imagining a Silver Golem. You know, maybe I, I'm racist to Golems, apparently. I apparently so, yes. I hear... Whenever I hear of a golem, that they're like, Ugh. you know, like I'm thinking like a Frankenstein can barely speak situation. No, he's very so, articulate, you know, and he's if been any, around a very long golems, time. Any golems out there that I offended, I apologize. Uh, I'm going to check my privilege and check well, my... Well, if it um, makes you feel any better, you're mostly right about the magic. They are mostly just, you know, anthropomorphic masses of earth or metal, but he is a rare yeah. exception of having sapience. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. But and yes, he's the legacy Urza. He's created by Urza. Legacy. Yeah, yeah. Who I re I do remember Urza. I, I hope so. Everything that he I did. Really I really hope so. Remember Urza. Uh, it's impossible to <laughs> he remember did a lot all of things. The, it's impossible to remember all the things Urza has done. Is he? Wait. Uh, so, is Urza the bad guy? Is that correct? Um. Or is he is all the bad guy. That is a big question. Uh, he's the protagonist. He's not a very nice guy, but he's. Okay. saving the world so all right that's that's fine so you know but he's so he's the main character but he's kind of a not like a super good guy necessarily yeah that's fair okay people right. don't really cool. like him very much because he's not a very agreeable dude and he's very uh i'm right so there about a lot of things but he is usually right so i suppose it's probably okay hmm. and right, you know he's enough. the most powerful being in the entire multiverse so you know hmm. okay that's it's kind of like Raiden from the Mortal Kombat movie, where he's like a snarky okay. asshole, but like that's kind of what he's okay, Raiden. That, what are you gonna do, me. right? He's Raiden. Urza's Raiden. That's gonna help me remember that. All right, okay. cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll move on to uh, humble opinions. Uh, mm -hmm. I do not have a humble opinion this week. Yes, I've been. I've been, I know. I know. I've been very busy. Uh, I've been. Oh wait. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Yes, I do. I do have a humble opinion. I okay, cannot right. believe I didn't. I didn't think of it. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it short. I'll keep it short. Uh, it's a Star Wars thing. Shock and awe. It just suddenly popped into my head. All right. Because uh, I, I was like, I was like, what have I been doing? And it's like, oh, yeah, all of my free time was devoted to listening to this new book that just came out. I cannot. And I did finish it, in fact. So I can't believe I didn't think of it before, but it's fine. Um, so I, I got to read. Um, oh, God, what's it called? The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. Uh, which is the latest High Republic novel, and in my humble opinion, is absolutely fucking fantastic. It's, it's so fucking good. Uh, so the basic, it's, it's actually a relatively simple plot. Um, so High Republic, 200 years uh, before Phantom Menace, uh, and the Republic is in this state of 
like optimism and euphoria and creativity, and they decide that they're going to have a Republic Fair. It's basically like Disney World. Like, like they have all kinds of they have all kinds of exhibits and like an art, and they have like these uh, platforms, and each platform represents a different planet with a whole with like its own separate biome, which is very cool. And they have uh, there's a zoo, and they have all of these crazy cool animals and shit. And it's just it's 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 all kinds of stuff. Like it's it's a full on fair, and there's there's like millions of people who are going to be going to this fair. It's a huge deal. It's this big celebration. Uh, and spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, uh, it's a very good book. And I highly recommend that if you're even mildly curious about it, you should just go ahead and read it. And the less spoiler, the less things you know going in, the better. Okay? So if right. you're curious, go ahead and read it. Uh, if you're not, spoiler alert here, um, the fair does not go very well. Uh, the Nihil attack, and they basically kill millions of millions of people. Like, the whole fair is, it is an unmitigated disaster. It goes so horribly fucking wrong, and the Jedi are there, um, and they, they do what they can to try to, you know, fight the Nihil when they attack, but it doesn't go well for them at all. Uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the Jedi, uh, ends up tapping into the dark side so that he can there's like this the one of the platforms like the biome platforms is falling uh and it's gonna kill a bunch of people and so he taps into the dark side and redirects it straight into the nihil ship and it really fucks him up but he's like hey i had to i had to do it like there was no choice i needed to do it right this second uh and a bunch of other stuff happens uh, surprisingly, not that many, like, named characters die. I was kind of expecting more, like, named deaths. There's a few here and there. Uh, the Chancellor, uh, Lena So, very nearly dies. I fully expected her to die. I was, like, I was ready for it. Uh, but she gets blown up, or, like, there's a bomb that goes off near her, and she ends up losing, uh, her leg. Uh, and she's, like, on death's door for a hot minute, but she does not die. And there's this incredible moment where uh, one of the Jedi, whose name is Stellan, uh, Stellan Gios is his name, and he's like, he's like weeping uh, while holding Lena So's like limp body, you know, the Chancellor. Sure, and he's, yeah, like, yeah. Just full on, full on, just fucking crying. And that just so happens to be the point where uh, the comms and everything go back up. So like the there's there's uh, cameras around and that image is like you know is broadcast to the entire galaxy of this you know this jedi openly weeping as he's holding the limp body of the chancellor and that kind of becomes this like this symbol for what the whole event ended up being for people like it it, it really it has this book has a lot of ramifications for like uh, the Star Wars franchise long term, like it really kind of sets the stage for the Republic's downfall during the prequel era, because it's like the Republic was super optimistic, everything was going very well, they have, and then they have this huge fair, and a terrorist attack completely fucks it up, and they basically retreat, they retreat back into themselves, because like, you know, they're, they're all about expanding into the Outer Rim, and that's what this whole fair was celebrating. It was in the Outer Rim. It was like, look at us. We're so awesome. We're the Republic. We're unbeatable. 
and uh, that is not fucking true at all. They are very beatable, Whoops. and it does not go well for them. Uh, and this this event really has ramifications for decades, if not hundreds of years to come, because it just becomes symbolic of the Republic not being prepared uh, to expand into the un into uh, the outer rim. Like they they weren't ready. They thought they were, and they were not. And uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Also. Uh, this is kind of a little bit unrelated, but it's also happening. The leader of the Nihil is a fellow by the name of Martian Rowe. Uh, and we learn a little bit more about him and his backstory and his relationship with his father. Uh, it was very fucked up. Uh, he found his father dying, uh, and then he kicked the fucking shit out of him, uh, so that he could finish him off. And then, you know, nice. he was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that happened years ago, too. Like, that's not even, like, relevant to right now. That's just, you know, just kind of furthers his horrible, fucked-up backstory. But uh, Martian Rowe gets his hands on the, a mysterious artifact that allows him to uh, apparently command... Uh, they call it the Leveler. Uh, it's... I. They're very vague about it. Like, it's, this is right at the end of the book, so it's it's very much like a tease for the future, so I don't know everything about what this thing is yet, but it appears to be some kind of, like, creature that has, like, force-nullifying effects. Like, it just, like, it, it can just stop the force from working wherever it happens to be. Uh, and also... Like the X-Men. Uh, kind of. Uh, except that also it, like, can cause hallucinations, and it, apparently the hallucinations are often in reference to traumatic events from your own past. I mean, of course they are, uh, Star Wars. It's, yeah, exactly, it's Star Wars. So he can, it's like some sort of dark side creature that, like, we don't even get a good look at it. We know it's, it's, uh, it has at least, it, we, we know it has four legs, and we know that it has claws, but, uh... Oh God! So this is this is really fucked up. Uh, at the end of, I, I just I have to I have to go into this a little bit because it's one of like the the big moments of this whole thing of the whole book. Um, so at the end of the last book, one uh, Jedi whose name is Loden Greatstorm got kidnapped by Martian Rowe, and he's being tortured by Martian Rowe because Martian Rowe's a fucked up person. Uh and but he's able to escape at the very end because the Jedi just so happened to be at the Nihil stronghold, and they realize that uh, Loden is still alive. They thought he was dead, and, but they sense him or whatever, and then he senses them, and Whoa. so he breaks out. Uh, he he's a he's a, a Twi'lek, so he has like the you know like the little head tentacles or whatever. Hot. Uh, but they both got they both got cut off by Martian Rowe uh, with Loden's lightsaber. Uh, because uh, because Loden kept trying to escape, and that was like a punishment for him. They, they, he just lopped off his fucking... It's, it's like his ear, basically. Or a very large ear, but whatever. Um, and he's like emancipated and broken and like starved, uh, but he's able to kind of pull some force energy from the other Jedi who are theirs, and he's just enough to be able to break out of his cage or whatever, and he's running, and and then uh, he trips, short version, he trips and he falls, and it looks like he's gonna die, but then his, uh, his apprentice is there, and his apprentice is able to run over and grab him, because he's, like, falling off a cliff, but he grabs him midair, and they're okay, and everything, you know, and... and 
his apprentice is so upset. He's like, oh my God, look what they, look what they've done to you. Look at your, you know, your Leku are gone. You're starved. Oh my God, this is horrible. And Loden's like, they couldn't hurt me. Uh, you know, I'm a Jedi. None of this matters. Like, I'll be okay. I'm going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We got this. Like, I'm just, I'm so happy to see you, Bell. Like, this is amazing. And Bell's like, yes, my master, he's back. I, you know, like, I thought he was dead. He's not. Everything's good. Uh, and then... Uh, the leveler shows up, and Bell immediately uh, Bell sees the leveler as being like, uh, like us. He kind of calls it like just like this storm of like teeth and bone, like you know, because he's hallucinating. That's pretty metal. It's, he doesn't know he doesn't know what it looks like, but it's just like it's like fog and teeth and death and fire, uh, and and uh, then they cut away, and then the other Jedi show up to kind of figure out what the fuck happened. Like, where's Bell? You know, is where's Loden? What the fuck is going on? Uh, Bell is curled up in a fetal position, just like, you know, half out of his mind, just from being near this creature, whatever the hell it happens to be. And Loden has been turned into a statue. When they go to try to touch Loden to move him, he immediately crumbles to dust. And that's the Tight. end of the book. <laughs> Tight. It was excellent it was so like the they did Kevin scott did such an incredibly good job at like building up the suspense of the fair because beforehand all of these jedi are sensing that there's something wrong and they're not sure what they're sensing and they're worried that the, that the nihil might attack and so they're they're super paranoid but like everything seems to be going just fine but then out of nowhere they attack and everything goes to fucking shit so many people die and like just the entire second half of this book is just almost entirely uh, devastation, uh, and it, it's it, it, it's very effective. It's an excellent novel. I w I am so into the High Republic uh, right now. Like I am just I am obsessed with this uh, with this time period. It's just so interesting how nice. much. Uh, they are fleshing out the past of Star Wars and, like, establishing who the Jedi used to be and how tragic it really is uh, with the way that they fell. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, in my humble opinion, The Rising Storm was just a fantastic book. I, I just... I really, really liked it. I I would probably give it... I, you know what? I'm just gonna... Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. This is my opinion. Uh, 10 out of 10. I would give it a 10 out of 10. I don't have any complaints. I really don't. I got nothing. It was great. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I like yeah. how that one guy kicked his dad to death. Yeah, he he is so so broken as a as a person. Uh just just the worst. Also he he talks like a he talks like this. I am the eye of the Nihil. Like I am, like he kind of talks like he's a like a, like a fucking teenager who like he was like an insolent teenager. It's just like you don't understand my strength. Like it's just I I love the the way he's narrated. I'm it's pretty just sure so that's actually the bad guy from Con Air. That's who you were talking about right there. You know what? It, yeah, he speaks like the bad guy from Con Air. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. That. <laughs> Whatever that guy's name is, I don't remember. I don't know either. All right, I think he was but, also uh, the bad Steve, guy in Aragon. I, <laughs> uh, I literally. Oh yeah. Uh, oh god, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about John Malkovich. Yeah, he, John yes, Malkovich. He talks a lot like, talks like John he talks Malkovich. a lot like John Malkovich, and it's great and it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, that's it. Steve, you got a humble opinion? Call me Raven Blood. <laughs> Raven Blood. That'll be his cool emo name. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, sure. Yeah. Ravenblood Johnson. <laughs> Junior. Sure. All right. All right. So, yes, I do have a humble opinion. So, Adam, uh, it may be, uh, you may be unaware, but I am a big fan of Chainmail 2, a.k.a. Dungeons & Dragons. I uh, am aware of that, yeah. Uh, you might also not be aware that I am a fan of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that. Wow, mm -hmm, what? Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. That's so well, interesting. Would it excite you to learn that the next set of Magic the Gathering cards are in fact based on the Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that it excites me, but that's pretty cool. Sure. Okay. Specifically the Forgotten Realms. That doesn't mean anything to you, but it is the main setting for where 5th edition takes place. So the, it's the canonical Dungeons & Dragons setting. Right now. Okay. Anyway. Right. Cool. So, cool. what that means is that since they are owned by the same company, and they have been since 1997, uh, they have decided to finally get around and uh, inject a little D&D &D into their Magic the Gathering. I, I imagine that they decided to do that now, because Magic has... Magic's doing okay, but it's not like... I don't think a lot of new people are joining Magic. However, D&D yeah. has been fucking skyrocketing. New people are joining that thing all the time. It's had, like, a profit... Or, like, a, a record-high quarter, like, for the last, like, three years. It's just bam, 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 bam. Success all heard, actually. Yeah, it's yeah they're doing awesome. Yeah. yeah, so they're, mm -hmm. they're like, hey, let's just fucking stick this in Magic and let's get the best of both worlds. I'm sure the Venn diagram intersection of people who like Magic and people who like D&D is probably pretty vast... I imagine those kinds of things are, you know, yeah. shared in common among people. Yeah. As crossovers, man. Crossovers mm -hmm. are fucking popular. Well, yeah. well, okay. Well, yeah. first of all, Magic's already been doing some crossovers. They with the other fucking Hasbro properties that they own. There's a there's a, a My Little Pony crossover that they did. It's only three cards, but they did do it. Uh, there's one with yeah. there's a Transformers one. There's a Nerf one. <laughs> um, there wow. is okay. There was also one with The Walking Dead. Uh, that only had four really? cards. They only had four cards in it, and uh, it was good. I don't want to. I don't want to get into why that one was stupid. It was stupid for a lot of reasons. They really dropped the ball on that one. But if you ever wanted to have a card of Negan, now you can. I, I, I cannot say that that's something that I ever wanted, five cards. But, sorry, five okay. cards because Lucille the Bat got her own card. All right. Anyway. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Really. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so they've been doing the crossover thing and like, hey, let's stick some D and D in there. And I imagine lots of people who like magic also like D and D and vice versa. Although, uh, D and D, as far as I consider it to be, is a game for creative people who want to, uh, you know, get invested in a narrative. And most magic people, and this may shock you, don't know anything <laughs> about the magic story. <laughs> Or the things that the cards uh, represent. That doesn't shock me at all, dude. Like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, it's a card game. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> mo magic players are some of the most mechanically minded people I've, you'll ever see. So it's it's weird that those things would overlap, but I'm sure they do. They do for me, and I'm sure they do for others. So, Magic's making D&D cards. Uh, I was very excited about the idea of this set, because I really wanted... I, I knew what I wanted for this set. I wanted... The recognizable monsters and the spells and the characters who have names to just get cards. You know, that's all I really wanted them to just be like that it didn't have to be sense. good. That seems just seems like a reasonable expectation. Yeah, just yeah. just cool stuff. And the first four cards that they because the to, at time of speaking, there's only like thirty cards left in the set that haven't been spoiled. So we know what most of the stuff in the set is. Uh, at time of speak or at the first couple things that they spoiled, one of them 
was Tiamat, the god of dragons. <laughs> and her okay. card was not only what I wanted it to do, but exactly what I predicted it would do. Even down to, like, the mana cost. so cool. Yeah, exactly what it does. Uh, she lets you uh, get other dragons out of your deck. Five of them, actually. So, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Her creature type is Dragon God. She lets you get other dragons. She's nice and big, and she's all five colors, like she should be. That's exactly what I wanted her card to do. It's exactly what it does. It's not actually a very good card, as far as competitive magic is concerned. But I didn't care about that. I just wanted that. just wanted there to be a bitchin' dragon. Awesome thing. And I got it. And then yes. I got... Dragons are cool. Dra yes. That's yes. right. Dragons are cool. Uh, there was another one. There was a spell called Tasha's Hideous Laughter. That card might actually see play. So it's cool that it was a really good card and also a reference to a spell. And all the flavor text on the cards is like magic or uh, is D&D references. And, all the, and for the first time ever, lands have flavor text. And the flavor text is like a DM describing the setting to a person as if they were going there I in would... character. Very cool. I would like to just take. I would just like to take a moment to say that I've heard of Tasha's hideous laughter because of Fantasy High, which I've been watching on YouTube. It's so a really I, good I actually, spell. Yeah, it just makes you giggle like uncontrollably. Yes. right. The magic like, card the, doesn't yeah. do that because that there's no mechanic for giggling in magic, but they did their best. <laughs> some of the things are Fair kind enough. of some of the things you can kind of see the relation. You're like, oh, I can see how you would translate that into the into magic's gameplay, but some of them are like, uh, well, at least the name is right. But. <laughs> It okay. was after that they started spoiling all sorts of shit. Like uh, there's there's some of them are like situational cards where it's like uh, it's something called like a you you come you, you make camp or something and then it does two things. There's two options on the card based on what your you know you as a player would do. It's very flavorful. It's a wicked flavorful set. But the problem, Adam, that I'm having is that all the cards are bad. <laughs> it's oh, re really, really disappointing. <laughs> all the cards are so bad. That fucking sucks. And it really, I mean, I, I, this is a little gatekeeper of me, but I didn't want this set to be really, really good because I didn't want people who didn't understand the references to just play the cards and magic and to think they were magic cards. That sounds really shitty, but that's, I, I wanted people to know what the reference meant in order to play the card. Does that sound shitty? It sounds shitty. But anyway. It's, it's a little shitty, but okay. it's okay. Well, I understand. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so I was okay with them not being excellent or anything, but... They're just super bad. Like, they start, they're putting limitations on some of the cards that they don't need. Like, if some of those limitations were there, the cards still wouldn't be playable. But they're making them exorbitantly unplayable by adding these bad things to them. And it's really sad when there's a card I recognize. It's like, oh, man, that's an owl bear. I love owl bears. Owl bears are awesome. The card sucks, though. <laughs> or there's, like, the fucking... Um, Named characters, and these are the ones that hurt the most. Named characters are super bad. Xanathar the Beholder sucks dick. Terrible card. Terrible card. <laughs> Ugh. Fucking, um, we just spoiled today. Fucking Bahamut the Dragon God sucks dick. Terrible card. Super bad. Uh, Man, that, that, that really does suck. Yeah. It, like, what's um, even the point? I, I don't know, because it says... It says D and D on it. They they're really resting on their laurels on this one. They really did not try. They were like, "This is going to sell itself because it says it says D and D on it." So we can't fail. I think was the thought process here. Um, there is they made a dragon for every one of the colors so far. They're all unplayable garbage. Really upsetting about that. <laughs> you know they made a, they made a red and a white and a blue and a black and a green. All bad. Uh, they're making like named versions of some of the characters that are those cards that may might prove to be better. I mean, they're all better. They're not, like... They haven't proven to be playable yet, but they're better anyway. 
uh, Morden Kanan. I got he's he's a uh, fucking interdimensional multiverse spanning super wizard. He's pretty bad, <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, mm -hmm. We got we got some characters from the books. Uh, are you familiar with Drist and uh, his his merry band of people? No. Okay. Well, Drizzt <laughs> yeah, is, I have no idea. Drizzt is the character from the uh, from very popular D and D novels. Um, lots of people don't like him because he's kind of an edge lord, or at least he looks like one. Um, and that's and most people just kind of hate on the character. But he's famous enough where he gets to be represented as a card now. His card's not good. Okay. Of course, it's not good. Uh, neither well, yeah, are any of his sidekicks. Like None of them yeah. are any good. Um, and it's fucking. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, a Sirek, a Sirek, who is a, a super mega, mega lich, super dangerous guy, has a super dangerous, he has two, two different books, uh, modules about him, that are where he's like, you know, the big bad at the end. Um, he sucks, terrible card, terrible card. Oh, <laughs> Really man, unfortunately bad card, yeah. And they did, the, they have this one thing going on where they have a special kind of card called the dungeon, which is new to this particular thing here and there'll be lots of cards that have an effect that says venture into the dungeon and there are cards that are dungeons and each of them have little boxes on them where you actually have to like quote unquote venture through them and when you go through them depending on what room you're in a different thing will happen so like they're adding an extra bullshit and lots of the cards have stuff that worry about you know venturing through dungeons which is like something they just made up for this particular set of cards here none of those are really any good and basically any card that says that will be pretty much useless after this set because no one's ever going to play those again. Like, not a single one of those cards that says Venture Into Dungeon, and there's been like 40 of them so far out of the set, are any good. So that's a total waste. And they, they ruined a Sirak, and I wanted a Sirak to be good because he's a goddamn lich and he's so cool, but they fucking ruined him. Also, Vecna is there, who is a god from not even this particular setting, so I don't know why they decided to put him in there, but that's I digress on that one. Uh, Planeswalkers. There's. Do you remember Planeswalkers from our magic storyline, Adam? I mean, yeah. You know what a Planeswalker the guys is, can right? Go between dimensions. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, D and D doesn't really have Planeswalkers in the classic sense of like it's a thing that you know kind of wakes up in you and it's just a thing you can do after that point. But they do have wizards that have spells that and planar beings that have spells that allow them to Planeswalk in a similar thing, since they you know started out as different properties and were kind of merged together when. Hasbro bought TSR. Well, they didn't buy. They bought oh. D and D from TSR. It's like, uh, you know, they had to kind of trying to find a way to make those things compatible. And because of this, magic uh, universes are canonical in the D and D universe as planes and vice versa. Also, because they okay, had that's cool. I mean, it is. They also made, they already made D and D books based on magic settings, so you can't actually just go to Ravnica in your D and D game, which you know if you or if you wanted to, but whatever. But the, the usual rule for a Planeswalker card in Magic is a Planeswalker, you know, by Magic standards. Which is, you know, a, a guy with the spark or whatever. So what I expected them to do in the D&D one was to take named characters, like powerful wizards or whatever, and make them into Planeswalkers. They did that for Morton sure. Kanan, you know, the interdimensional super wizard I was talking about, the Dumbledore of Magic. Or D and D, I should say. Uh, yeah. They made him okay. into one. All right. But the other ones they picked was Wolf, who is the Spider God. She's a god, not a not a person, but she's a Planeswalker card now. This frustrates me because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, oh no. Yeah, they made up some 
some like gnome guy who's brand new. They just kind of made him for the the D and D setting. What? Uh, Fuck that! I they know. Should not be making up characters. I That's know. Dumb. I know. Also, his one of his abilities is venturing into dungeons, and it's all he cares about is dungeon things. So he will be absolutely just used for bike spokes after this set is done. And third, they had um, what the heck was her name? Uh, Zariel. Zariel is a very interesting character. How I'd, I would I would love to do a whole piece on Zariel right now, but I can't. But suffice it to say that she is an angel who has fallen and now lives in hell, and now she runs the first layer of hell as the, like, you know, fucking war general that repels attacks and stuff. She's pretty dope. Okay. But not, not a planeswalker. <laughs> not a planeswalker. Mm. But they made her planeswalker card. So the, And Bahamut, the dragon god, also not a god, planeswalker, a dragon god. But he's a planeswalker card, too. So... The flavor on those confuses me because it feels like they're just taking important characters and just kind of making them into planeswalker cards, which you shouldn't do because that's not what those are, and it bothers me. I don't. It doesn't. Nobody else cares about this because it doesn't matter, but it matters to me. <laughs> we have to keep the rules the same. It's that's why there's the rules in the first place. But nobody cares but me because I'm crazy. So I, I'm frustrated. You are, but I'm yeah. sorry for it. Yes, I, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated sorry that it's frustrated not by what this you want set. It to be. I have. I'm holding out still because one of the things that was spoiled was a card with the creature type Devil God, and it has to be Asmodeus. And I really hope that Asmodeus is good, because I already got an Orcus card, who is my favorite demon lord, and Orcus is the demon lord of undeath, and he doesn't do a single thing with undead things in his card text, and it bothers the fuck out of me because. In D&D, Orcus' whole thing is making zombies. He can make like 30 of them at a time, but he can't make a single zombie in the, in the magic game. And magic so. already but, has okay. zombies in it. I know that because I play a zombie deck as my favorite creature type in that whole stupid game, and they couldn't give Orcus, the Lord of Undeath, which it says on his card, any undeath-related things. Also, they made him black and red, which makes sense, but I don't like that color pair, so I'm upset about it. Black and red? Black and red. You don't like the black and red as a color pair? What the fuck? Like, that, that's a great... Black and red is, is like, glorious. Who doesn't love black and red? I feel oh, like you're crazy. talking about the colors and not the actual mechanics of the game, <laughs> which oh, is what yeah. I meant. No, I'm, I'm talking about the colors. All right, uh, never mind that. All right. <laughs> okay, anyway. Just <laughs> uh, me, it's fine. Yes, so I'm very upset about that. Now, you're familiar with the magic storyline, as I have been telling it to you for like a year and a half now. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm an expert. Yes. 100%. Now, normally when a new set comes out, or at least most of the time when a new set comes out, there will be some manner of addition to the story in some way. But they're doing something very interesting this time, where instead of releasing the story on their website in small chunks, like they, like five little like mini stories that equal, like five chapters basically that equals the story, how they usually do it. Instead, this time, they're releasing the story of the D&D &D set as a playable module for D&D. &D. So uh... instead, of reading, instead of reading the book about the magic characters for the D&D &D set, they are releasing the story as a playable Dungeons & Dragons campaign that you can actually play through. Okay, that actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah, though. it's really interesting. <laughs> and it really uh -huh. pisses me okay. off because I want to be mad about it, but I can't because it's a really cool idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, the set is so stupid, but that's so cool. That's such an interesting idea and something you can only do with this set. It's really cool. 
And we don't so know you're anything. You love it, but you hate it. I, I hate that I'm correct. really into it. Yeah, basically. Okay. Like yeah. I don't know if I'm actually going to personally run it myself, but I think it's a really cool idea. Like I'm glad that. Also, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty high level game because normally these games don't go past level ten. But the first issue is starting at level eight, so it's probably going to go into like the early teens if any if if you know if it levels you at all, I guess. Which is a pretty cool thing because we don't get a lot of high level games. Sure. So that's very interesting. Uh, I want that to be good. I want that to succeed. I don't want to ever do it again, though. I want there to just be normal stories after that. But for this one example, that's a very cool idea. I want that to to be good. But in my humble opinion, Adam, um, the D&D set is really cool to look at. And it makes me giggle that I get the references. And there's a card that says, split the party. And then the flavor text says, don't. Because everybody knows you don't split the party. But I wanted... Okay, that's actually very cool. I, I love that. That's yes, really cool. I know. It's great. The flavor is great in this set. The pictures are cool. All the stuff that references the game, awesome. Terrible magic cards. <laughs> well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily matter that much, right? Like that it's, the magic it's cards for the are collectors. Side I mean, of it. yeah, like, maybe you don't it need is. To play but, them well, I, I I guess I was just kind of hoping that maybe I could have some cool D and D cards in some of my decks, but I wouldn't play any of these. <laughs> okay. Like, it would be tight as fuck to have an owl bear in a deck somewhere if the card was good, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I won't. But, I digress. I am excited about the set because I am hopelessly in love with the game. I am not excited about the set because they're bad. And it's if if this didn't have D&D on it, this would be a terrible selling set. But I bet it's going to be a good selling set because it says D&D on it. If you catch my meaning. Uh, yeah, I, I think that you're completely right about that. Yeah. So definitely. they probably gave themselves... I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in it, and I don't even play Magic. Right. Like, that, they, that actually I think they kind of gave so. themselves a free pass not to try as hard this time, because they kind of knew they had a safety net of at least somebody will buy it. At least those D&D people yeah. will buy it. And they're yeah, right. Exactly. I probably will, those cocksuckers. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you definitely will. I, yeah, I know. Don't pretend. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh... All right, well, do you have anything more to say about it? Yes, I'll save money because only buying good cards out of the set is really easy. There's only, like, two of them. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, th- that's that's good then, so, yes. right? Like, that's, uh, sure, that's nice. yeah, sure. So in my humble opinion, Adam, again, uh, the set is bad, but I'm still hopelessly in love with the idea. So I, I'm, holding, I'm maintaining hope that these last 30 cards they are going to show us are going to be good. It only takes, like, 10 cards to make a set good. We just have to get there. Please, right, wizards. Right. Hopefully, please, hopefully, wizards. Hey, please. I'll cross my fingers for you. Dude. I would have also like, liked an Elminster Planeswalker card. It wouldn't have been that difficult to do that. It would have made perfect sense. I don't know if you can, you know, make one of those retroactively or something, but it would have been the perfect Planeswalker for your stupid setting you were doing. Anyway, I'm done. Uh, I, I'm, okay. All right, well, uh, those were the complaints this week. If you can't complain, share it with your friends. Bye.